everybody and welcome to the 5 and 5 Live. Uh, it's the 30th of November and I'm in the office straight after the final question time of the week. And today, our special guest joining me is the Labor member for Jagger Jagger. Please welcome with crazy applause that we won't hear, but I know you will do, as Kate Thwaites joins us in the room. Thank Kate. Thank you, Tony. It feels like a privilege to be here. Can you hear the roar of the crowd? Absolutely. The enthusiasm is clear. Okay, well, let's get straight into it and we will start with the best. Okay, what did you think of the guitar riff? That was me you just heard. I am impressed by the guitar riff, Tony. Uh, As you know, I'm a fan of the band uh, and your work on the guitar deserves a broader audience. Well, I should say on the broader audience... um, End of year party this year, my band was not invited. So for listeners, the party was last night and it was noted by a number of attendees that uh, Tony and the band weren't part of it and the party wasn't as good, good. because Can... of that. Am I, am I doing well? Am, is this, this is great. Right this is great. Can you organise people yeah. to complain, yeah. please? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I'm over it. It's okay, fine. Uh, um, but I might refer to, to it again in the yeah, next podcast. Sure. And, okay, so for the best... Uh, Look, I'm pretty happy in terms of getting my bill through uh, this week. Uh, The closing loopholes bill, it's still a difficult path to get it through the Senate. Um, But, you know, the the work of trying to get wages moving is now one of the fundamental dividing lines in the parliament. Tony, it has to be uh, one of the major achievements of the week that that passed the House uh, this week. Uh, And again, not saying that to uh, pump your tyres up because it's really, really significant um, legislation, as you say, getting wages moving, but also all those protections for workers that just haven't been there and should be there. And as you say, it is a clear dividing line in the Parliament. Uh, We went through amendment after amendment. It was a marathon there. You dealt with them all um, very patiently, I thought, Um, and it did really show that, you know, on our side, we are on the side of workers, we are on the side of getting wages moving again, and on the other side, they're just not, and in fact, for many of the votes, they just didn't show up. Well, for for listeners, like the four critical issues that are in this bill, uh, minimum standards for the gig economy making sure that casuals have a way of transferring across to secure work if they want that, making sure that we end the labour hire loophole where people side by side are paid different rates of pay, uh, even though they're doing completely the same work with the same level of experience. And finally, and I still cannot believe this is controversial in the parliament, making wage theft a crime. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the other marker now is the opposition have now voted 27 times against getting wages moving. So uh, that's sort of, well, that's been the big moment for me this week. What, what do you include in the best? Well, look, as I said, that was a highlight for me. But um, changing topic, for me, uh, a really significant moment in the parliament this week was the apology the PM gave to thalidomide victims and families and all of those people affected. And, you know, Tony, um, you and I sitting in the chamber every day, it gets pretty robust. Uh, It can feel a bit tiring sometimes. Um, It was one of those moments where we step back Um, from all of that and we remember actually part of the purpose of our national parliament and we lift a bit uh, and we remember how important it is when the parliament plays that role uh, of national healing really Uh, and that's what the prime minister did he really clearly acknowledged the wrong 
that was done. He apologised for that wrong and the hurt that it still caused. Um, and one of the things I really loved about the Prime Minister's apology as well, that he was um, he took such great care to acknowledge all the work those victims and their families had did yeah. done to get us to the point of that apology, that it was their work, their fight, their battle, and it was the Parliament acknowledging all of that. The other thing that really struck me was the way that the mood of the parliament isn't just determined by the members of parliament. When you looked up at the public galleries, uh, you had uh, the the people whose lives have been affected by thalidomide in every single way completely filling the galleries. Uh, and as acknowledgement of, of a lot of what they've gone through, normally we would stand to observe a minute's silence. Uh, but to make sure that everybody could participate in an identical way, uh, we remained seated for the minute silence, and um, it was it was just a reminder. Those public galleries, they're they're not just a place to view what the Parliament's doing; they affect they affect us in the room too. Oh, absolutely! That was yeah, a really moving moment. Now, one of the biggest issues, uh, certainly in my electorate, and I'm expecting yours at the moment as well, is young people wondering how will I ever get a deposit to be able to buy a home? And this week, uh, Julie Collins introduced the help to buy uh, legislation that'll that'll help people to be able to do just that. I'm presuming housing in your electorates is as big an issue as it is in mine. Oh, absolutely, Tony, right across the country, right? We do know that people um, are struggling to be able to afford to buy a house and it's what, you know, we all know is part of having a good life, is having a secure roof over your head. And um, I know I have young people talking to me about it, but I also have their parents and their grandparents talking to me about it, saying, look, this isn't fair for my kids. It was easier back in our day. What are we going to do about it? So it is so good to have seen our parliament and the Minister Julie Collins do such a significant thing about it this week with the um, Help to Buy scheme. We might have a quick listen to, to Julie on exactly that. Over there, they Order. talk a big game on home ownership, Mr Speaker, but now they're teaming up with the Greens yet again to stand in the way of Australians who want to own their own home. We want to help more Australians Order. buy a home. The only thing they want to buy Member is more rights. time to grandstand. We want to open the door to more Australians owning a home, but they just want to slam it shut, Mr Speaker. We want to give Australians the keys to a new home. They just want to lock them out. You really said it all there. Julie, uh, Julie's a Tasmanian uh, minister and there's she has had a lot of hardship in life and the, the authenticity when she gets up and talks about how the safety of a home can change people's lives is phenomenal. Uh, Murray Darling, I'm so happy. It's happening again uh, after nine years of almost no water uh, being being collected. We had uh, Tanya Plebisex restoring our rivers legislation go through. Only this morning we finished it off in the House because it came back from the Senate. I know you've got a personal stake in this one, Tony. Um, and, yeah, it has been ongoing in the parliament for quite some time now, obviously, and I think we've got a bit of a theme that's emerging, which is really Tanya versus the Nats. And, of course, the Nats always come off um, second best in that contest, right? Like there aren't many people who can match it with Tanya 
in the parliament and certainly none of those people are sitting in the opposition at the moment and certainly none of them are sitting in the National Party. So, um, look, uh, for me, sort of one of the moments in the back and forth this week was when David Littleproud tried to stand up with outrage and tell Tanya that she just didn't understand water and she didn't understand the Murray-Darling Basin and how could she? Uh, And Tanya stood up and uh, proceeded to absolutely demolish the Nationals with some truth-telling about Barnaby Joyce's time as Water Minister and where water rights uh, might have been sold, and I believe they were not sold in Australia, Tony. That's right. Well, she also uh, made reference to the year that we've accumulated the most water, which was back when I was Water Minister, and said, you know, in that year, what happened to food prices? They went down. This argument that it puts upward pressure on food prices is completely wrong. Uh, But we don't only come here to talk about the best. So here we go. You get another guitar riff, moment to be excited. And we'll go now to the worst. So admittedly, the guitar riff for the worst is a little bit more depressing. Uh, but, but you know, that's... Appropriately It's so. to set the mood. To Absolutely. set the mood. Well, how Absolutely. about you start off, Kate, with the worst? Uh, one of my worst for the uh, week was Ted O'Brien. Again, he's probably often in the worst um, category. He does make it a fair bit. <laughs> he, um, he, as we all know, is obsessed with nuclear power. Uh, but his trick this week was to try and um, label the new investments Chris Bowen's putting into renewable energy into the capacity investment scheme as a Ponzi scheme. And it's just this continual overreach, Tony, where you think, you know, look, you know, opposition job is to attack us, right, and to, yep. to question it. But they just go so far with these ridiculous claims that you're almost, well, I sit back and laugh. <laughs> well, I think the the moment Ted O'Brien decided the way to promote nuclear energy was to go to disaster sites in Japan, um, overreach, it's just his thing. Yeah, Hiroshima would not be my choice of venues to go and put a photo about nuclear energy from. Mm. Uh, Ted. Okay. Uh, This is one of the saddest things I've seen uh, in terms of the caucus. Like whenever you lose a member who decides to leave, it's sad. But I still remember the moment when we had a caucus meeting and there was a vacancy for Western Australia and Bill Shorten and Patrick Dodson walked into the room together and everyone just stood up in an immediate standing ovation. Uh, You know, for most of us, we are public figures because we have been elected to to the parliament and that's where it starts. And, you know, but Patrick Dodson, wow, this, this is someone who has been the, one of the most respected Australians for decades and uh, he's had a really bad run of health. But uh, to see him make the announcement of retiring, uh, uh I'm not sure how much to say I'm I'm sad to see him go or just I feel so privileged that he was a member of the caucus. I think that's it for me, Tony. It's, it just feels like an absolute privilege to have been a caucus member with the father of reconciliation in this country. And um, when he, I wasn't there when he first yeah. came into the parliament, but when he spoke to caucus this week um, on his retirement, uh, I was just blown away, obviously, by his story, but by his leadership, his passion and his continued commitment. As you say, um, he, he hasn't had, you know, the easiest time of it recently with his health, but he came into that caucus and he fired us all up and he reminded us that there is still a lot of work 
to do in this country for reconciliation uh, and that it's Labor that does that work and will continue to do that work. So I certainly felt inspired by that. But as you say, what a privilege to be able to serve with such a person. One of the stories I remember Linda Burney telling me years ago was uh, when the Reconciliation Council was meeting, so this is years before either of them were in Parliament, and it was Patrick Dodson who said, there's an Aboriginal tradition of when someone comes to your country, the first thing that you do is welcome them. They wait at the edges of the area, you go and welcome them and then they come in. And he said, why don't we start introducing that into events in Australia? Uh, So for me, every time I hear a welcome to country at the start of an event, uh, I think, yep, there's a father of reconciliation Mm -hmm. reaching us again and sending a message, event after event, whether he's there or not, of generosity. Like you think of all the things that could be said, we keep hearing the word welcome and a big part of that is Patrick Dodson. Oh, it's it's so right that so much of him is generosity and the PM started off his tribute to, to Pat by, you know, talking about his life story and the fact that he was that young boy holding, hiding in the, the long grass from the at a time when Aboriginal children were still removed from their parents and that he has become this national figure of reconciliation and, as you say, welcome is just amazing. Okay. the I, I don't want to stay on this too long, but for people who are wondering whether or not Peter Dutton is, in fact, willing to vote no to absolutely everything, uh, I don't think we can let this one uh, pass. Earlier in the week we had there, – there, sorry, if I go back to the previous uh, – previous time we sat, there were amendments that Peter Dutton, in fact, had suggested to insist uh, for a group of people, uh, some of whom, well, basically to make sure that someone who, for a particular group of people who had been convicted of crimes of pedophilia, that they would not be allowed to loiter near schools. Now, there it was done as a breach of a visa condition. We had legislation this week to make it a criminal offence, and he voted no to that. Um, I'm not sure what more to say. I um, I think the only thing I would say about that is it just shows how hollow he is on, on so much of this. You get the rhetoric, the talking tough, and then when it actually comes to the work of, well, what does this look like, what does the law look like, he can't be in the room. So, yeah. Uh, final one, and I don't know whether this is worst or best because it was dumbest question with best answer today from David Littleproud to Anthony Albanese. Absolutely. So um, cracker of a question that covered quite a bit of um, ground in it, Tony, uh, started with the cost of living crisis, moved on to uh, the money that was spent on the voice referendum, uh, criminals being released, and then also uh, included possibly more politicians joining the parliament. So pretty broad question, uh, which he later tried to claim was very tight when he raised a a point of order. I think the Speaker dealt with that um, pretty quickly. But the PM's answer was just fantastic. Uh, My favourite part of the answer was absolutely um, the PM setting up that for those on the opposite side, 
we could just get them all these buttons and you press them and they just say no in different ways. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. So that was my favourite part of that so answer. That, that old little Britain sketch that the computer says no. Exactly, which really does um, sum them up, particularly this week. So very much enjoyed that. The PM also made the point that it is quite odd for a Member of Parliament to be arguing against Members of Parliament being a value. If he thinks there should be fewer, he could lead by example. Uh, that would be very helpful. <laughs> That's right. Uh, okay, so one of the rules is you arrive with a song of the week. And so you go first, Kate. My song of the week is Set Fire to the Rain by Adele. Um, I do love a power ballad. I love some power ballad energy to get me through one of the last sitting periods of the year and it has been very wet here in Canberra. Okay. Well, we had Music T-Shirt Day uh, this week and uh, my T-Shirt was for the Australian band DZ Death Rays. Uh, their latest album's called Riff, but it's an acronym. It stands for Remember It's For Fun. Uh, and so from that album, I'll, uh, I'll nominate the song Paranoid. Uh, I'm trying to think in terms of Paranoid who we should dedicate this to. Um, maybe Ted? I'm still going with Ted. It's I'm not-, not sure if Ted is paranoid, but he should be because I'm sure everybody's out to get him. Surely. Kate, thank you very much uh, for being part of the podcast today. I hope we can get you back again. Thanks for having me. I would love to come back. Okay, and everybody, Parliament next week for the first three days, it's a Senate-only sitting, and then both the Senate and the House will be back on Thursday. Uh, Thanks very much for listening and talk to you soon.